Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Versatility Podcast. For today's episode, we got NFL football, we got conference championship, we got the AFC and NFC title game on the line. We got two teams making it to the Super Bowl after tonight's um, two games. Super excited to watch. Um, it's been two weeks since I did an episode, uh, so I basically didn't recap any of the wildcard games or the divisional games. Um, but that's only because there just hasn't been anything else much to talk about besides just those games. So I wasn't going to just record just football, and that was that, because there was literally nothing else. No music until now, of course, because it's literally January 29th. It's the end of the month. The game starts in about half an hour from now. So I'm going to try to hurry the hell up and get this episode out the way. I'm going to see if I can do this in like 40, half an hour. I'm going to try to push this at like half an hour or something because we do have a couple games to talk about. We're going to briefly, and I mean briefly, go um, to the games, um, to the wildcard games. I mean, not much to say. The Niners steamrolled the uh, the Seahawks 41-23. Brock Purdy had a good game. The defense played great. Seahawks actually had a decent game in the first half, but not much to say there. The Chargers, they blew a 27-point lead to the Jaguars. The Jaguars beat the Chargers 31-30. Trevor Lawrence was special. Dolphins, Bills, a lot better than I expected in, in, in overall. I thought the Dolphins were going to get annihilated, but the Bills won 34-31. You would have thought they would have won by way more than that. Um, the Giants defeat the Vikings 31-24. The Vikings are first-round uh, exits, obviously, and they are frauds, just like I said. Uh, Ravens almost beat the Bengals 24-17. Had a pretty close game. Had a pretty, a pretty good matchup between uh, both teams until eventually Tyler Huntley went to try to get in with a, uh, with a touchdown, but eventually got in and fumbled the damn football at the goal line. Which Sam Sam uh, Sam Hubbard took the ball, got the fumble, got the fumble recovery, and then went 98 yards to the house to get the game-winning touchdown there. Um, yeah, so the Bengals were able to advance from that, and then the Cowboys Buccaneers. Yeah, the Buccaneers got decimated by the Cowboys. Dak Prescott played amazing in that game. That's all you really needed to go. That's all you really needed to know in the wild card games. Now in the divisional games, we got the Jaguars and the Chiefs. The Jaguars and the Chiefs had a pretty close game together. I mean, the Jaguars and Chiefs were neck and neck, but then eventually Trevor Lawrence made a bunch of mistakes in the, what was it, in the fourth quarter. That just pretty much cost the majority of the game and this and that. So there was not much else to say there. But other than that, I mean, the Chiefs won the game 27-20, and they are able, now they're going to be playing, of course, today against, I'll let you guys know in a minute, but they're going to be playing in the title game in Arrowhead Stadium, and the Chiefs once again, man. But in this game, Patrick Mahomes did suffer a high sprained ankle injury, so he was fine. He did play the rest of the game, and he will be playing tonight in the title game. But um, obviously, he's not at 100%, so it's going to be weird to see Mahomes. How is he going to fix things around? Um, God damn, I'm sweating. I'm just fucking anxious for this game, um, but we'll see. And... Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we're going to have to see what Matt Patrick Mahomes can do tonight against the this this team that I'm going to talk about in just quite a minute, but you can see that the Chiefs were able to pull through with the win and I mean, that was that. Uh next game we had the Giants Eagles, the Eagles steamrolled 
steamrolled the Giants 38 to 7. They got fucking played. They got hammered. They got destroyed. The Eagles offensively looked amazing. We were up 28 to nothing at the first half. They played fantastic. There was nothing else to say there. We played amazing football. Um, our defense and our offense kind of slowed down in the second half, but that's because our offense just did everything they could in that first half, and we looked absolutely incredible. Um, Bills Bengals. This was such a disappointing game because the Bills actually lost this game, twenty-seven to ten. Man, Joe Burrow, he's special, man. He's fucking special. They won twenty-seven to ten. Joe Burrow had a good game. The offense was clicking. The defense was the best thing for that whole game for the Bengals. I mean, the defense only scored or only allowed 10 points for the Bills. Yeah, the Bills offense just couldn't get nowhere going. The Bills defense was just out of place as well. You would have thought the Bills would have played a little bit more hard, obviously, with the whole DeMar Hamlin um, and just a bunch of adversity they had to face this year and so much pressure that they've had to overcome. You would think at this point they would kind of use it and just eventually get passed away, but just they just crumble out of pressure man now the bills are just not really looking like the team that we want them to be um and they lost to a Bengals team that yes are amazing but they just couldn't get much going man but the Bengals they played amazing and again everybody was everybody wanted bills chiefs in the afc title game we're gonna go to atlanta and all those fucking thousands of people paying their tickets before this game even happened and we're thinking, yeah, it's going to be Bill's Chiefs. We're going to see Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes once again running back. But the Mangos said, nah, we have you have to get past us. And they couldn't get that done. So shout out to the Bengals. So obviously the Bengals and the Chiefs will be the AFC title game that's going to be played at 630 tonight. And I'll get to my prediction in just a minute. And then the last game of the division around, we had the Cowboys and the 49ers. With the 49ers defeating the Cowboys 19-12. Defensive slugfest. Both defenses played great. Dak Prescott played shit. Yeah, yeah. Against the Buccaneers, he played good. But then this game, he played shit offensively. Uh, had two uh, interceptions. Just the mistakes were all over the fucking place. It was just not a good day to be a Cowboys fan. And once again, man, the Cowboys, all those expectations for a Super Bowl, this and that, and... Nowhere to be found. So, yeah, the 49ers steamrolled them off defensively. And, I mean, shout out to the Cowboys defense, though, for keeping up in this game. Because, obviously, if it wasn't for the Cowboys defense, this game would have been a just different um, outcome overall. But the 49ers defense, we know that that shit, they have the best defensive unit in the league. Now, let's talk about the conference title games, man. Today, we got two of them. We got the 49ers versus the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. First game starting up at 3 in just about half an hour from now. <sighs> Should be fun to watch. Should be fun to watch. The best offense versus the best defense in the league. I mean, what, what cancels out? The best offense or best defense? I mean, people say defense wins championships, and you could also agree to that to some extent. But, our, look. This game is pretty much just going to be set in stone if our defense is able to stop the 49ers' offense. Um, because we know that now we're not going to be putting up so many points. I think our offense is ridiculously good. But let's be real. I don't think that the Eagles are putting up maybe more than like 24 points. I'm going to say 24 is probably the max that we could put. 28 maybe. 
but I don't think we're reaching 30 points, 28 even. I say 24 to 28 points, but more than that, I don't think so. Um, and I just don't think that the 49ers defense is just going to be allowing all those damn points. You know, they're just too fucking good. Um, but the offense, you never know. Brock Purdy could make some mistakes here. I mean, he's looked pretty good. And, or I, oh, he okay, to be fair, he has not looked impressive, but he's looked solid and has played decent enough where he has not been able to fold under pressure, just make these costly mistakes that would have eventually made the different outcome of the game, etc., etc. But there's much in the game that truly I think that the 49ers have and that they're going to see what they're going to unleash against the Eagles. But it's really just going to be mostly because of that uh, defense, man. I think our defense should be able to contain that 49ers offense. And if we're able to pull through with that, then I think the Eagles have a really good chance at winning, man. I mean, both teams are great. Obviously, I could definitely see um, the Eagles um, putting up as many points as they can if we can somehow find an answer against that defense. But I just find it hard to believe that the Niners offense with Brock Purdy... You know, the last pick of the draft, Mr. Relevant, the seventh round pick, this and this and that, is gonna is gonna just kind of be the main factor of this game instead of the defense. Because if you're going up against the best offense, yes, your defense can do as much as you can, your defense can do as much to stop them, but you gotta score some points, buddy. You you, you know you, you can't just you can't just go for zero touchdowns and shit. Unless the unless the run game is amazing then maybe we could stop it. I mean, our run game last week against the Giants was fantastic. So if Miles Sanders, Boston Scott can just run through that fucking defense, that's going to help us out. However, for the 49ers, if that's going to help them, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see if that's really going to be the biggest factor for them. Um, But either way, man, I mean, of course, I got the Eagles. I got the hat on. I got the fucking, you know, tee on. So as much as um, I want an interesting, I want a fun game, back and forth rivalry we haven't played this team i believe since last year or something um so this is like you know these are the two best teams in the nfc so this is what the nfc has come down to the two best teams in the nfc all season long and we're gonna finally see if the best offense or the best defense wins um so obviously i got eagles making it to the super bowl and playing on february 12th now let's talk about the afc title game Bengals, chiefs this is gonna be an interesting game I'm excited for the 49ers-Eagles game, but trust me, I'm really more excited for the Bengals-Chiefs game. That's going to be fun to fucking watch. I'm super excited for it. Bengals, they beat the Bills in the division round. The Chiefs defeat the Jaguars in the division round. They meet up once again in the AFC Championship game um, after the Chiefs losing to the Bengals last year in the title game in which Joe Burrow led the Bengals to the Super Bowl last year, losing to the Rams, but... I mean, still successful season. Nonetheless, in his first fully healthy season, Joe Burrow was able to take the Bengals, the fucking poverty-ass Bengals, just two years before, to the fucking Super Bowl. And he could do it once again. He could do it once again, back-to-back, if he gets another W against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals are 3-0. Jesus Christ, can this shit just stay still? Why is this keep falling down? Anyways... Mind, mind the discussion. There we go. Either way, Bengals, Chiefs. 
There we go. All right, stay still. All right, so yeah, Bengals, Chiefs. The Bengals have not lost to the Chiefs um, the last three games. Uh, Joe Burrow has defeated Mahomes three times. Once in earlier this year in the regular season, uh, back in week 13 or week 14, and then obviously in the title game last year, and then in the regular season last year. So three wins they got against Mahomes. And so obviously Mahomes is 0-3 against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the league. They're the two best quarterbacks in the league. Mahomes is number one, and Joe Burrow is number two. If the Bengals are able to defeat the Chiefs, once again, that means Burrow will be 4-0 against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes will be 0-4 against Joe Burrow. Make it to another Super Bowl. And if they win the Super Bowl, honestly, Joe Burrow could be tied, for me, tied as the best quarterback in the NFL, for sure, for sure. And I and I just don't want to put him, even if they do win the Super Bowl, the Bengals, if they do win the Super Bowl, hypothetically, over the over Patrick Mahomes because he does have the MVPs and obviously he has better stats. But obviously Mahomes has played a little bit longer than Joe Burrow. So I, ha- I still have to put Patrick Mahomes, even if Mahomes or Burrow doesn't win it this year, if the Eagles or the Niners win it, whatever, I still got Mahomes number one. But if... Again, man, you can't... Beating Patrick Mahomes four times, that's fucking wild, man. The fact that he beat him twice, three times, is impressive enough. So if he beats him four times before taking another L, you know, it's 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 going to be rough for Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be rough for the Chiefs. And, oh, my God, the Bengals, oh, my God, have they not been talking so much shit. They have been talking so much shit. Eli Apple... They're calling the stadium Burrowhead. We got the Cincinnati, the mayor of Cincinnati trolling Patrick Mahomes and saying, oh, we, they, he needs to take a paternity test because it looks like Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' father. Like, they are really going there. I'm telling you, man, the Bengals are going crazy with the trash talking. And at this point, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, shit, you, you, you would hope that the Bengals would win because if they lose, then everyone's going to come back and like, oh, 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 the mayor is going to be looked at as a fucking goofball and everybody's going to look like a dumbass. So at this point, the Bengals just want to, you know, they, 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 and they, again, after beating them three times, obviously last year in the regular season, twice, um, and then the title game last year, you know that they are on top of the Chiefs and the Chiefs are the underdog, even though they're at home. Some, it just doesn't feel like they're at home, to I guess, to the Bengals fans because they know. They know that they're ready for them. And it feels like, yeah, the Bengals are just prepared for them, but the Chiefs definitely got to step shit up. I know the Chiefs know all about the noise. And even Chris Jones was uh, saying in the, in a, in a, after a post-game prefer, uh, post, uh, press conference, um, after he was before he was about to go, he was talking about how, yeah, they're aware that they're calling – Arrowhead Stadium, Boroughhead Stadium, and that, you know, things are getting chippy and that these two teams fucking hate each other. So be it. We're going to have a great game to watch, you know what I mean? So this should be a very fun game to watch either way. Super, super excited for it. I mean, I can't complain at all. I cannot complain at all. This is going to be a fun game to watch. Who do I think is going to win, though? It's tough, man. Again, Patrick Mahomes is not 100% healthy. That could play a huge factor for the Chiefs in this game. I mean, Joe Burrow beat Mahomes three times, went healthy. But it all came down by the three points. Those three games that they lost to, it was only down by three points. You know, so 
for me, the Bengals are, yeah, the more well-prepared team coming into this game. But I feel like it's hard to doubt on the Chiefs right now. Again, all the trash talking. Mahomes is not 100%. Either it goes, you know, either that's motivation to just fucking steamroll the Bengals or just finally... It, like, the, the Chiefs have so much pressure behind them that it feels like almost a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. Kind of. You know what I mean? Because if he loses this game... 0-4 against Joe Burrow, another year where he doesn't make the Super Bowl. Yes, he's made it to five straight AFC Championship games, but only made it to two Super Bowls. This could be his third appearance. And again, it's not. It, it's it's just for him to kind of cement more of who he really is. Just to remind people, oh, if you still don't know who I am, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm the best quarterback in the league. I have the potential to be the best quarterback of all time, top five a future Hall of Famer, whatever the hell he could, he ends up in his career down the line. He just wants to continue to prove that he is that guy. You know what I mean? Even if he's fucking only, if he has, if his ankle is completely fucked, he only has to play with one damn leg. He was cooking the Jaguars with one leg in the second half. He could do it against the Bengals. It could be. It's going to be a lot more difficult because the Bengals are definitely a lot superior team than the Jaguars. But I think maybe with all of that happening, it's just hard to kind of pick the Chiefs. It's easy to pick the Bengals just because, again, you just assume that the Chiefs are going to fold under pressure because Mahomes is not 100%. Burrow head, you know, all the trash talking is going to get to them. The 0-1-4, you know, the 0-1-4 possibility. The Bengals are maybe not the team that the the Chiefs can just slightly just put on the side. Maybe the Bengals are going to be the team of the AFC, not the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to make the AFC a little bit more competitive because we thought the Bills were going to be that competition to the Chiefs, but they haven't made it to the damn conference championship game yet. Josh Allen has played what five seasons three years in the playoffs and hasn't gone to the title game yet you know what i mean and obviously last year with the coin toss yes could have beat the chiefs this and that yes okay but 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 still nothing three years three seasons in nothing they had same result division around losses wild card losses the bill the bills are not nowhere near the bill the, the Bengals or the chiefs so right now the Bengals have a chance to surpass or at least really push the Chiefs at their fucking very best. It's going to be almost a flawless game for the Chiefs to beat the Bengals at this point. At this point, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to go with the Chiefs because, again, I always stick to the damn Chiefs. And Chiefs-Eagles, that's a Super Bowl that I've been wanting to have. It was, what, Chiefs-Packers, Chiefs-Rams, Chiefs-Eagles. I always have the fucking Chiefs making it to the bowl. And majority of the time, I'm right. Maybe maybe I'm not. I mean, the last two years, I was not right. Uh, or actually, no, last year I wasn't right. But the year before that, I was. The last two years, I was. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But I do have Eagles Chiefs winning. Bengals 49ers, good luck. Good luck. But I think the Kelsey Bowl is going to be the Super Bowl. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way and all that. The Burrow, I oh man, I, I kind of just want some Bengals fans to be like just all quiet after they lose, if that happens. Obviously, you know what I mean. I mean, mostly I just want the 49ers to really lose. I don't really care if the Bengals win. I'm happy about it. I'm not mad at whoever wins between the Bills, Ch- uh, Bengals, Chiefs. 
Whoever wins to me, cool. I'm, I like the Bengals. I have nothing against them. I I don't have a secret. I don't have a what the fuck. I don't have a secret hatred for them. The 49ers, I do want them to lose because obviously they're going up against us. And obviously, when we do, if we do win, and we go up against the Bengals or the Chiefs in the bowl, you know who I'm going for. But it's gonna be a different story. It's gonna be a different story, man. But I just hope that the Eagles win today. And whoever comes out of Cincinnati or Kansas City, and we go and play them in the bowl, hopefully, fingers crossed. Not knock on metal. We're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Hopefully, that's that's the deal, man. Damn, we're about like 20 minutes away, 15 minutes away from the game. So I'm going to try to hurry things up a little bit. But yeah, that's those are my Super Bowl predictions right there. Eagles, Chiefs, and I got the Eagles winning. So that's that right there. But anyways, let's move on to the finalists for the uh, NFL honors, the NFL awards and everything. So for MVP, we got Josh Allen, we got Joe Burrow, we got Jalen Hurts. Justin Jefferson and Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is definitely going to take the MVP. Joe Burrow, good good, good year, but no. Josh Allen, no. Jo- Jalen Hurts put up a great year, uh, but obviously missed those two games, and that obviously definitely affected a little bit. Um, and Justin Jefferson, definitely worthy, but again, it's a quarterback award at this point, so they're not going to give it to a receiver, most likely. So Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to take the MVP. For Defensive Player of the Year, they got Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Micah Parsons. I had Nick Bosa winning it before the season began, so I'm going to stick with it. Nick Bosa, and he most likely will take Defensive Player of the Year, so give me that. Offensive Player of the Year, we got Tyree Kill, we got Jalen Hurts, we got Justin Jefferson, we got Patrick Mahomes. Low-key, give me Tyree Kill, man. I'll be real with you. Tyree Kill had a great year for the Dolphins this year, putting up great fucking numbers. Skylar Thompson, Tua... Bridgewater, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the best plays that I can possibly make with the with my one, my two, or the three string quarterback that I got. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be all that I could take. Um, so I think I th- honestly I could see Tyreek winning it again. Also see Justin Jefferson because Justin Jeff- Justin Jefferson is just a dog, and also they might give it to Mahomes because Mahomes is gonna be the MVP. So they could also do that, but I'm gonna go with Tyreek. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This, I was a little skeptical when I first saw it. I saw this a couple days ago. I didn't see the rest of it, but this I saw. Offensive Rookie of the Year. They got Brock Purdy as a finalist, and they got Kenneth Walker the third, and they got Garrett Wilson. I think it's probably going to be Gareth Wilson. The first half of the year, give me Kenneth Walker, but he's kind of slowed down a bit second half of the year, Seattle. He's still been good, but kind of slowed down, but Garrett Wilson was a beast absolute fucking beast of whole year long. Brock Purdy though, I don't think like what Chris Olave I think should have been there, you know what I mean? There's definitely some other players I would have put over Brock Purdy. I mean again, the hype is real for Brock Purdy. Again, he's cool. He's been playing good, but bro, he's played how many games? Like six games? He played five in the regular season! How are you going to put this man offensive rookie here? You played five games in the regular season and then two games in the postseason. That, bro, seven games. This is going to be his eighth game today. and you're t- Bro, that's not even half the... That's almost half a season that he just did not play because he wasn't the starter, obviously. It was Jimmy G for majority of the year until he got down. And obviously, Brock Purdy took over and then boom. And they've, they've, you know, they've been on a winning streak. They're on a, what, 12-game winning streak? They ended the season off with like a 10-game winning streak. 
And now, obviously, two games in the postseason. That hopefully is going to end today. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know why Brock Purdy was a finalist. But either way, I don't think he's going to win it. So give me Garrett Wilson to win it. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Garner, Aiden Hutchinson, and Tariq Woolen. Really fuck with Tariq Woolen. And I also had Aiden Hutchinson as my winner um, before the season began. But low-key, I'm probably going to give it a Sauce fucking Garner. The Rookies. Man, the uh, bro, I'm telling you, the Jets. The fact that they're good is, is is ridiculous. They have a fucking amazing team. Again, they just need a decent quarterback, and boom, all their problems are gonna be fixed. They have such a good defense. They have such a good offense. They have so many good weapons. Like that Jets team is fucking amazing. And I hate to say it because I'm a Dolphins fan, and uh, oh, I pray I don't I don't like the Jets or the Patriots or the Bills, but. Sauce Garner has been the most he's been the most dominant corner this this season, at least rookie wise. Like, come on, it's, it's up there right now. He's just he has to take it. He has to take it. Um for comeback player of the year, we got Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Geno Smith. Beginning of the year, I I think I had Saquon winning it. Now it's probably Geno Smith. It, I mean, he was a journeyman quarterback, came to Seattle, took over as a starter. Did not have any expectations to do anything this year. I mean, honestly, we all thought the damn Seahawks were going to be just poverty. And he took them to the fucking playoffs. And he had a pretty good year. So, he, that's good enough. Good enough for me. Geno Smith definitely earns that comeback player of the year title. Coach of the year, Brian Dable. We're going to stop you right there. That man should win coach of the year um i love i like that i like doug peterson i like kyle shanahan nick sirianni sean mcdermott but brian dable made the giants a, a good team again i don't know how many times i had to say that and it still doesn't hit the same the fact that i saw them play in the postseason just a couple weeks ago or last week was kind of weird Thank that man, Brian Dable, because that man knew what the fuck he's doing. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He's that good at his fucking job. That man has to be coach of the year. If it doesn't go to Brian Dable, then obviously go to fucking Nick Sirianni, because your boy is taking us to the damn Super Bowl, hopefully. But Brian Dable, man, he deserves it. He fucking deserves it. Hate to say it. Hate to say it. But I think he truly probably is the one to take it. Anyways, let's get next to... Let's move on to the next uh, part of the episode. All right, basketball. I'm going to talk about this real quick. I'm not going to go too much into it. I'll probably give myself maybe like four or five minutes to talk about this. But anyways, I haven't been watching basketball in the past couple weeks. Pretty much this whole month of January. I've been just playoff football, playoff football, playoff football, school, this and that, whatever. Like, I wasn't really watching that much basketball. But I was like, fuck it. I didn't really have nothing else to watch yesterday. So I was like, all right, let me watch this Lakers-Celtics game. And it was a pretty interesting game. We got to the fourth quarter. And then I saw a fucking absolute travesty. One of the worst officiating calls I've ever seen in my life. All right, excuse me. There was no call because it was not called, obviously, when it should have been a call. All right, let me let me just stop. 
Alright, so yesterday Lakers Celtics were playing. Tied game. LeBron drove inside the basket, tried to get for the layup, or tried to get in for the layup. Jason Tatum slapped him in his arm. That's a foul. He was in motion to get the layup, fouled him. That's the that's the call that they should have made. They didn't call it a fucking foul. He fucking LeBron had his hand right on the rim, just about to lay that ball in the basket. While fucking Tatum had his whole hand just slapping LeBron's fucking arm. And clearly the refs were blind as a fucking bat and did not make the fucking call. Just for them to not make the call afterwards, go to overtime, didn't let LeBron or didn't let anybody else shoot free throws because... Again, it's a foul, and you should get them fucking free throws, get them on the line, get one or two. They would have taken a one or two point lead, and then for the sell, they had like what, like less than a second left. If they would have made those free throws, that would have given Boston a chance to score with under a second. But they would have had to throw like a fucking heave, and you know, bank it for it to for for them to win the damn game. You know what I mean? At that point. They didn't give the South, uh, they didn't give the Lakers LeBron the call at all. Patrick Beverly even took the fucking camera and just showed it to the referee and was like, "What? You don't you you see where you this was a foul? You see this is what you didn't call." And again, you look at the replay of it. I'm looking at the replay again right now, and like I just don't understand how the refs didn't see that. Again, one referee was like four feet. Five feet away from the action. He was on the baseline. He was on the fucking baseline. Just four feet away from the action. And he was just staring at the hoop. There's no way you didn't see a foul commit there. When the replay, you see it clearly as a bad... Like, there's nothing challenging about the play. He obviously committed a fucking foul. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it also seemed like it was a trend. Because it seemed like the Lakers have just been falling under these referees... Just skin because they've also been like again. It's basically Lakers and refs. I mean, I I see it all the time with every team. Oh, Clippers refs, uh, Celtics versus the refs, Sixers over. Like you know, there's always team. Your fan, your team, and if you don't get the right calls and this and that, it's gonna be always against the refs. But honestly, I'm looking at some of them, and the fact that none of them were called fouls, none of them made a like again. Let me show you. LeBron tries to lay it in, has his fucking hand, Jason Tatum has his whole fucking hand on his arm, not a foul, same thing here, this wasn't committed a foul, I don't know the situation behind this game, but it wasn't called a foul and didn't get the free throws that he needed. Joel Embiid, love you dog, but obviously you were holding Russell Westbrook. Didn't get any penalty for that. What the fuck was this? I don't know, man. So clearly it looks like the Chief, uh, the Lakers, not the Chiefs, what the fuck am I talking about, are clearly getting screwed over more than ever. And again, man, it's just making the right plays, the right plays and the right calls, man. Like, that's all I just want the game to be like. These, these 
referees definitely need some sort of like repercussion, man, for doing these kind of fucking like. Because, bro, you guys are the referees. You guys are the people that make the plays and make the challenges acceptable and what is and what is not. And for them to just make a game in their hands and not make a call as simple as just calling the foul, no matter the circumstance, just it just make it's if like it's just so it's super confusing how they just couldn't make a call like that. Were they scared? Sometimes I feel like are they scared to make certain calls? Do they want to make the call? Did they want to not make the call so the Celtics fans were not going to get mad? Like, what What were any circumstance they were not going to make that call happen? That they were not going to... Because they couldn't see? That you couldn't... You guys have a replay. You guys have a whole TV screen. You have cameras. And you couldn't see a foul when millions of people were watching the game at home? The people that were watching the fucking game at the damn arena... We're watching it on the fucking Jumbotron. They clearly saw the foul, but the referees with the replay center and the and the reviews, the review boxes, you didn't see the fucking foul. And the motherfucking referee was on the baseline, four feet away from the action. Not he wasn't he wasn't on like on the sideline or on the other side of the basket. He was just there. He was right. He is right here. I am looking at the wall. That is the basket. That was the play. I am right here. I don't know what four feet is. I'm. This is probably not four feet. Like three feet. I don't know. I'm looking at the fucking wall. That's how clear the referee was there watching all of the play happen. And, no, and nothing was called. Nothing was called. And again, this goes to any, any, any player, any team, you know, whatever. Like, this happened before. You know what I mean? This has happened before. This is not the first time that a no call... From a foul that should have been a f- called a foul. That I know this is not the first time. And it's not like, what the fuck? I've never seen this before. But this is just a call that you just know. As a referee, this is a no-brainer decision. I mean, we're all talking about it. And we're acting like we know everything. But we clearly know that that was clearly a fucking foul. This is a, it does not take a fucking genius to know that that was a foul. I don't got to watch the game for 7, 10, whatever amount of fucking years learn the game of basketball, know all the rules and operations just to identify that that wasn't a fucking foul. Of course it was. And the fact that they didn't call it is just super strict. And again, no repercussion. What is the repercussion, I guess? That, oh, sorry, my bad. I didn't see the call. Sorry I gave you guys the, the L, Lakers fans. Celtics, y'all get the W. My bad. They don't get fined. They don't get suspended. They don't get a pay cut. Nothing like nothing. Like nothing. They don't get any repercussions for that. Like, and again, I know every sports. They ha- there's always instances with the referees fucking up a game, and I I get it. This is not the first time it happens in basketball, and there's always. And again, they're not. They're human beings. They're not perfect. They're not going to make the right calls all the time. But it is just mind blowing that that. You clearly see what you saw, and you're just you're just confused on how it wasn't called. Lakers fans, Celtics fan, are saying, "Hey, this was a foul. How do you? How do you? How do you not gonna call that? Like, you're at this point. Is that is? Did you guys just change the rules? 
overnight? Is that a foul anymore? Are you guys just making up shit now? Like, what is like what is going on? And then you got people saying it's rigged. The game is rigged again. You say that for the NFL and you say that for almost any other sport. But sometimes, shit, I, I tend to believe it, man. I tend to fucking believe it. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I'm just... I don't know. It just makes me... It just confuses me, bro. They, they need to change that. They really do need to fucking change that, man. It's getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand. Um, while the Celtics are thriving, they got an easy W from the refs. 36 to 50. And again, like, I know it's... It, but I guess it just bothers me even more because, like, it's the Celtics getting the win. Okay, okay, fine. To be fair, if LeBron was the one that committed the foul, then Jason Tatum should have been the one getting the foul, obviously, and getting on the line and shooting some free throws. Again, if it was vice versa, yes, it would have been acceptable. But I guess for me, seeing that the refs literally gave the Celtics a W, it just aggravates me more. Because it had to, it just happens to be the fucking Celtics getting the win. I, I don't... I fucking hate it, bro. I don't hate it, man. I... I, what I just say, I, I just said I don't hate it, and then I say I hate it. I truly don't like it, man. <sighs> but anyways, that's that's the most bas- that's the most basketball I've seen in the past month, and I'm I'm seeing the worst refereeing, the the worst officiating that I could possibly see in the league. Like, fuck, I'm just gonna have to skip until the fucking All Star game. Like, fuck basketball at this point, man. I got man, we still got three playoff games left. We still got. Soccer. Um, yeah. Wait, I mean, we got football even after the Super Bowl. So, you know what? I'm chilling. I am chilling. I don't really need to watch that much NBA, man. It just doesn't hit the same. I don't know what it is, man. I've been able to take breaks with the NBA. I couldn't... I can't do that for the NFL. But the NBA, I just have not been on top of it. I just haven't been watching as many games as, as you know... As someone who loves the game of basketball, I just, just haven't been on top of it like that. But... I mean, I guess I'll probably watch, like, Heat games or whatnot. I might tune in a couple of them, but that that was just a really – that was a bad mistake. That was a bad mistake in the league. And it just showed – and, again, those primetime games, you would happen to see the biggest stage. Those mistakes should, just shouldn't happen. But it did, and we're just going to have to, you know, move on and just accept it. That's That's all we can do. All right, now let's talk about music. Let's talk about music. Let's talk about um, all the music that I've been listening to in the month of January. The first two weeks of the year have been boring as hell. Nobody dropped the first the first two weeks of 2023. Yeah, but then the last two weeks, we've had some good releases. Um, let's start off with, uh, I guess, singles. Um, so we got ASAP Rocky, who dropped Same Problems. Fire fire uh tribute song to the uh, uh, it's a song uh tributing to all the rappers who've lost their lives to the gun violence and kind of just making like a song dedicated to to those rappers you know take off x etc etc so nice message love the production love the his harmonies and the, and the flow and the hook everything blends together same problems i've been bumping it it's a pretty good song definitely arguably uh the best song that i've heard this month um for sure um, I wish I wish you roses. The new single from Caliucci's. She's dropping her new album in March. Super, 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 super excited. She's dropping two albums, and she's dropping the first one in March. Hopefully, I'm trying to get tickets so I can go see her in Miami in April. 
praying that I can do that. So, this single fire. I wish you roses. Go fucking check it out if you haven't checked it out. Go check it out. Um, what are the singles? Um, oh, right. Let me tell y'all something crazy, crazy. So, I've been doing reaction videos on YouTube, by the way. Go check them out. It's the Versatility Podcast. By the way, I'm doing episodes, obviously, here. It's going on Spotify, but it's also now available on YouTube. So, once this episode is obviously done, wrapped up, I'm going to release it on Spotify, obviously. And I'm going to release it on YouTube, the Versatility Podcast. Go check it up. I also have reaction videos there. I have some in the vault that I'm going to be releasing little by little. And there's still some that I have to work on. Um, but there's two of them that I have not uploaded yet, but that I've already finished uh, recording them. And that's reacting to two songs from these, this K-pop group. Yes, you heard that right. A man who's never heard K-pop is an entire fucking life um, is now bumping these two new songs. So we got the, 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 the group is called New Jeans. They're like a, literally a new group. They have like six songs out now or five songs. They have one EP and like two songs. They're fucking going crazy right now. They have an EP that I still haven't checked out yet, but I've heard two songs from them, and that's the new single, Oh My God, and Attention, and I reacted to the two music videos to those songs. Holy shit, that's, those two songs are fire as hell. They're catchy as a motherfucker, and there's just a little bit of crack in those songs. I don't know what it is, man. I feel like I, I'm I'm scared that it's gonna go into the Gangnam style the the Gangnam style way where again I first listened to the song and I'm like oh this shit, this shit is this shit kind of this is cool I like this song or whatever this and that who the fuck listens to Gangnam style now like let's be real now no one no one gives a fuck about that song classic to some people but no no one cares about that shit this these two songs though. They're, they're fire. They're fire. But I haven't but I have not heard the EP. It's only four songs though. And I already and I already heard the first song, Attention. Hype Boy, Cookie, Hurt. I gotta listen to the the other three songs, but those two songs right there. Go check them out. And I can't believe I'm telling y'all to go check out some fucking K-pop. Because again, who the fuck am I telling y'all to listen to fucking K-pop when I I don't, I don't, I don't be on that shit. But anyways, I might, I might have to dab in. I might have to dab in. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that though. Um, we got Ice Spice <laughs> that dropped um, her little like EP, six songs, uh, three of them that she already released with Munch, Bikini Bottom, and In Her Mood. And but then she dropped three new tracks with Gangsta Boo, Acting Like a Smoochie, and then Princess Diana. Princess Diana, though, I've been bumping that shit. Pretty good. Pretty good song. Um, I like the flow. I like the beat. It's, 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 you know what I mean? The EP's not cra anything too crazy, but I've been rocking with Princess Diana. That's probably my best, that's probably my favorite song on the little EP or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I've been fucking with it. Um, I think that's all the singles at the moment. Again, not so many singles. Emily Choppa dropped two new singles. 23, that one's cool. Uh, I think how many... Uh, I think that's it for singles. Now, albums. Uh, Trippy Red Drop, Mansion Music. Um, 25 songs and 17 million features on that shit. 
Um, but there's definitely some bangers on this shit. It's definitely not the most consistent album, though. It's too long for me. And there's too many features. But definitely a, a good amount of good songs there. Um, Atlantis with Chief Keef, Fire. Psycho with Future. Fully Loaded. Nightcrawler with Juice World. That's probably the best song on the whole fucking album. Juice World. Bodies, 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 bodies. Free Rio. Fire. Muscles with Lil Durk is another good song. Um... Biggest Bird with Summers is also cool. The second half of the album kind of falls off, though. I think from the first song to maybe Biggest Bird, after that, it just kind of dips away in quality. I don't really, I don't really like fuck with the rest of the album, the second half of the album as much. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to kind of give him more re-listens, I guess, but. The first half of the album is, for me, I think it's it's somewhat consistent, but then the second half it just kind of drags on. It drags on. I'm still bumping it though. It's not a bad album. Out of ten, I'll probably give it like a five because again, it's it's not the most consistent album, but I'm definitely going back to a lot in that first half of the album. So at least that's that's something. I also heard the new Babytron album, but kind of the same thing. Twenty six songs, and there's some bangers too. Michigan Avenue, Gimme That with Lil Yachty, uh, Beetle Bongs with Corday, Fire, um, R.I.P. Hunch, uh, Euphoria 2, Waffle House. There's some bangers, but again, 20 fucking sick songs. You, I am not listening to all 26 songs of that album, but pretty good so far. And then the surprise album that it dropped two days ago, Lil Yachty with Let's Start Here. He dropped an alternative rock album, and you would think... Shit, is that gonna be a good thing? You little Yachty dropping an alternative rock album? You bet your ass it fucking did. Somehow, Lil Yachty did the unthinkable, experimented, dove into a new genre, and honestly, he excelled, man. This album was great. This is by far the best album so far, obviously, because again, I've only heard like five, six albums from this year. January has been a slow month, okay? So there's not much to listen to so far yet into the year. But goddamn, this is a great album to listen to. Considering Lil Yachty, again, his vocals were not amazing on this record. I would definitely not be far-fetched and say that his vocals sounded amazing. On some songs, he sounded great, though. Let's be real, though. On some songs, like Running Out of Time, Pretty... Uh, which one else? The Zone, Drive Me Crazy. Those songs, fucking crazy. The production, amazing. Amazing, 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 amazing. Paint the Sky is another good one. Um, We Saw the Sun, another great one. I mean, 14 tracks, and there's a couple features, but they're not listed. Um, Again, in 57 minutes, I mean, the length of it feels kind of crazy. I do think the Black Seminole... The second half of the song, brilliant. But I do think the first half of it kind of dragged a little too long. I think there's like two minutes of just straight guitar, which sounds good, but it kind of drags a little bit, at least transitioning to the second part of the song. But it sounds great. It sounds great. The ride is good. This is a consistent track list. Like the skips are probably the ones, uh, which one? Failure, but that's like him like talking. I think that's like a little interlude. Should I be... And I think Reach the Sunset. No, Reach the Sunset is like a five-minute song, I think. But for sure, my favorites for sure right now are Running Out of Time, Pretty, The Zone, We Saw Sun, and Drive Me Crazy. Those five right there are crazy. Say Something is also cool, though. I think that's the one he has the music video for, right? 
Yeah, I have to check it out as well. Um, but yeah, that's um, but that's uh, that that's pretty much that. I mean, fourteen songs and it's consistent all the way through, man. I've been really li- liking this album. I've heard the album already twice. Hey, man! Shout out to shout out to Lo to Lo Yachty, man. He's experimenting, and again, we've seen a lot of rappers experiment in different genres, especially in rock psychedelic rock and alternative rock whatever it is gives you like Pink Floyd or Coldplay type of vibes but a lot of it just doesn't connect man we, we Lil Wayne kind of comes in mind Kid Cudi comes in mind they did rock albums but it just it just they didn't really execute very well just didn't execute again in my opinion with this one though the production stood out compared to the other albums that I just said and I mean, it's super creative as hell. And he had on this album for about two years. So he was on this shit for a while, man. He was on this album for a little bit. And I'm super excited for Lil Yachty kind of progressing, man. Because this was a good step um, after not dropping in two years. His last album was Michigan uh, Michigan Boy Boat, I think, um, from 2021. So the, the progression you see here, man, it's, it's, it's insane, man. Um, so I'm definitely bumping this album all the way through. Really like what I saw from Lil Yachty here. Again, the vocals, his singing is not perfect. It's, it doesn't stand out to a, a good majority of the songs, but for sure, for sure, for sure, it's a huge standout, mostly in the production. But even most of the most of the album is just really heavily inspired by just the sounds of the music. It's really not just mostly the vocals and stuff. There's not much rapping. There's maybe like one or two rap verses, kind of in the production but most of it is just you know singing and just this is like psychedelic shit you know you listen to one and you're just kind of like you're ascending in the sky that's kind of what this album kind of gives you so I bet if you listen to this shit when you're smoking it must feel different imagine smoking some weed and listening to the song I feel like it's gonna put you in a trance god damn um but no this album great shout out to Lil Yachty I'll probably have to give it like an eight and a half out of ten or something People are saying this is the greatest thing they ever heard. Take it easy, buddy. But nonetheless, I'm not taking any credit of that because it's a good listen. Very, 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 very good listen. I don't give a fuck if you don't listen to alternative rock. I don't I don't listen to enough of it, but I still like this shit. So no excuse for you, I guess. However, I am going to shut the hell up because the Eagles 49ers game is on. It just started a couple minutes ago. So I'm going to finish this episode up. I'm going to wrap it up. See you guys in the next episode um, next week. I'm gonna, Once again, I'm going to be uploading my episodes on YouTube soon. So that's going to be... Oh my God, did he catch that inbounds? Did he catch that inbounds? That one-handed catch. Did he catch that inbounds? Did he catch that inbounds? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh my God, he caught that inbounds. That man's a oh my god. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I gotta finish this game. I'll see you guys in a bit. Take care. Peace out.